Welcome to Harvest Mission Community Church. You are listening to one of our sermons. Good morning. I hope all of you are doing well. Uh, We are excited today because we're doing our Vision Sunday. As some of you probably heard just through announcements and things that we've been talking about, I want to share with you today the theme and the vision that God is calling us to participate in as we look ahead into this future for 2020 and 2021. And as we look ahead, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to actually start uh, a whole new series. It's a six-part series as we go over the, the Sermon on the Mount on the book of Matthew. And so we're looking forward to it, and we hope that you can join us uh, not just for today, but for the weeks coming up. Um, let me just go ahead and st- to start with uh, just this idea of um, a city that maybe some of you might not be very familiar with. And I don't know how many of you heard of a Durban in South Africa. And in Durban, South Africa, I've never heard it before. And it's something that uh, I had to actually look up. I don't know if some of you have actually seen it. It's a city that I think it's uh, very important, which I did not know about because the work of transformation uh, began to happen there. And uh, just like-minded people, people who really wanted to see transformation in that city came together in prayer. And so what I wanted to do is show you this video. And as you watch this video, it'll give you a glimpse of what happened in Durban, South Africa. So let's watch it together. Remember the quote that uh, showed at the end? Uh, Let me just read it to you again. And it says this uh, by Frances Hodgkin Burnett. She's a famous uh, children's author. And she wrote The Secret Garden. Listen to what she writes. She says this. At first, people refused to believe that a strange new thing can be done. They, They begin to hope it can be done then they see it can be done then it is done and all the world wonders why it was not done centuries ago you know as you're just kind of looking over this quote again i want to highlight why it's so important as we talk about vision a couple things that i want to go back to that quote on just so that we understand about how vision works the first of all the first thing is that Uh, Always in the beginning, people refuse to believe. That is something that we see all the time because a lot of times the vision might be a little bit too big or it's not relevant to them at that moment. So there are a lot of times people kind of struggle through and say, wonder to themselves, is this something for me? Is this something that's doable? So that's one of the first things that we see about a vision. The second thing is that whenever there is something new, Many people see it as strange and they don't want to join in. Because once again, a lot of times vision is something way into the future which we do not know about. And that's why it seems as if it's a very strange thing and it's very foreign to us. And so we need to try to capture and understand it. The third thing that we saw in that quote was that there is hope that it can be done. So that's when it begins to take momentum and take flight is that people believe that it can actually be done the fourth thing that you will notice is that there is belief 
that it can be done. So not only is there first hope, but then there's a strong belief that it can be done. And the last thing is that once it is accomplished, people wonder why they didn't do it earlier. And a lot of times, this is what happens in our lives, is that there are so many things that God is challenging you, you with, that he wants you to go out and step out in faith. And sometimes we wonder what it took us so long. We could have enjoyed or experienced these things earlier a lot more if we started a little bit from the beginning. So what I wanted us to do is just kind of think about that for a moment. And then I want you to go back as if you were in Hong Kong right now in 1950. So think about that. I know none of us were born. Well, some of us might have been. But just try to think back to 1950, just as if today, right now, is the 1950s. And I want to show you a picture of uh, Hong Kong. And this is Victoria Harbor back in the 1950s. Now, it doesn't even look anything close, remotely close to what we know as the Hong Kong skyline. So here's this picture, and you will see that this is Victoria Harbor. Now, this is the 1950s. If you look next, that you will notice that this is 1960s, and this is what Kowloon City and Victoria Harbor looked like back in the 1960s. And here is now the 70s, as you can see some of the development. But one thing that's interesting is as you look at Victoria Harbor and Kowloon City is, is that there are a lot of buildings that we are familiar with that are not there right in front of you. So this is back in the 70s. And then now let's look at some of the 90 or 80s. And you will notice in the 80s, it's slowly starting to take shape. Uh, some of the buildings are being constructed, the ones that we have now. And you realize that there are some other buildings that are no longer existing. But once again, we get to see a little bit more of a skyline that is similar to what we have now. And here's a picture of the 1990s. If you look at the skyline, still there are some buildings that are not there that are here today. And here is one that's more recent. If you look at this picture and you'll see that this is the whole skyline and the city where you can see Kowloon side as well as the island. Now what I wanted to do is kind of put those two pictures together, this one right here and the one that we saw in the beginning. And when you look at this back from 1950s to what you see now in the 2020s, you realize how completely different it was. And the challenge that I want to give us is to think about if you were back in the 1950s, would you have been able to imagine Hong Kong like you see it, it is today. I would say many of us would not have been able to. We would have been fixated on what we know and what's right in front of us. But to have a vision that is something beyond what you see right now really does take not only a lot of faith, but it takes hope and trusting and believing that what it is that God is calling you to do, that you are going to move into that. And so I want us to think about these pictures that we just saw. And instead of a landscape, I'm just wondering 10 years from now, just try to think in 2030, what will Hong Kong be even spiritually? H have you thought about that for a moment? Is that 10 years from now, where will Hong Kong be spiritually? 
Where would it be right now in terms of some of the different issues in our society and in our city? And this is where we have to start thinking about the vision that goes beyond just the here and now. What is it that God is trying to do? What is he trying to speak to us about? And how are we going to respond? And I was thinking about the video that we just watched and what God was doing in this city, in this coastal city in South Africa called Durban. I'm wondering, what would be our Hong Kong story? What would it look like? What would it entail? The, the work of transformation and what God does in a city, in the lives of people, and even in the churches. What would that look like 10 years from now, right here in Hong Kong? And I'm wondering if some of us would have a vision for that, of a city that's filled with gospel-centered, gospel-paradigm people who've experienced this grace and mercy, and the way they live their lives, they're able to transform the very place that they have been put by God as a missionary. So the question now becomes this. Uh, why do we have a theme uh, in our church? Why do we do this every single year? And sometimes it seems very simple, but I realize that there are many people who have never really learned and never really fully understand understood why a vision or a theme it's so important for any organization. It's not just a church, but any organization. So let me give you several reasons why we always try to have a theme in our church. The first thing is this. The reason why we have a theme in our church and why it's important is that it helps us to focus on our purpose and mission. It helps us to focus on our purpose and mission. It is so easy when you go through just the everyday things of life that we forget what it is that God is calling us to do. So not only for our church, because we could be busy going to life group and having another activity and doing all these things, but even for your own life, the reason why it's helpful to have some kind of theme or something that God places in your heart that you're moving towards as part of your vision in life is so that you can focus on the things that are important and the things that God wants you to do. The second reason that we see here that's important is because it helps us to have faith in God. Part of having a theme or goals or whatever you want to look into the future is that it will help you to then continue to move forward and have faith that God is the only one who can do it. It causes you to pray. It causes you to trust. And that's where you realize that I cannot do this or we cannot obtain this by ourselves, but we need to have faith in God. We need to trust in God. The third reason why we have a theme and it's important that we do this every single year is because it helps us to fortify unity. It helps us to fortify unity. I hope some of you who have been part of our church, you understand that as we move together, we, we, we want to move forward and advance in that spirit of unity. You know, there are many different organizations, and I'm sure there are many different groups, that when there isn't a unifying vision, everyone is doing their own thing. And as you know anything about whether it's sports, or anything else in life, when everyone is doing the same thing, moving in the same direction, that's where the power comes. But when everyone's going in different direction, it's like as if people are pulling and you're defeating yourself. That's why I'm a strong believer in learning how to rally around a vision or mission, it's, or even goals, 
because it helps to fortify the unity that we need to move forward. And the last thing, the fourth thing is this, not only to help us to focus and to have faith in God and to fortify our unity, but it helps us to be fruitful. It helps us to be fruitful. Because when you know where it is that you're going, then you're able to evaluate. You're able to kind of reassess and say, are we going towards the direction that God is calling us to go into? And when we do adjust and when we do focus in a little bit more, it helps us to bear the fruit that God wants us to bear as he has told us in the word of God. This is not only helpful for a church, this will be helpful for your life to help you to really focus in on what the important things are. It will help you to fortify even just with the people that you're working with to work together to have faith in God and to even be fruitful in the things that he's calling you to do. That's why... If you remember, those of you who have been with our church from the beginning, we had a theme that first year, and we had a theme every single year. And for some of us who had just recently joined our church, just as a way of review and for you to know, back in 2015 and 2016, our theme that year was rooted, and we focused in on this idea of being rooted in God, in the Word of God, and in prayer and so we really wanted to strengthen our relationship with God. And then in 2016 and 2017, we had our other theme, which was simply Arise. Talking about arising into His light and then going out into the world. Because this was our second year of our church. And we realized how important it was as we laid down some foundation that now we are rising up as the people of God to do what He has called us to do. The third year, in 2017, 2018, our theme... Um, was i think it was bold yes it was bold and uh because we were talking about how we need some more boldness in our walk with god and how that is very important as we move forward and then the fourth was 2018 2019 and we'll simply call that we wanted to understand our calling what was it that god was calling us to do and then this past year if you have been with us in 2019 and 2020, our theme was invest, that we wanted to invest, not only in our personal lives, but in investing in relationships, especially in discipleship, investing in the things that matter so that our church can get to that next level. And in this whole process, what we like to do is just, we looked at the past five years. So Pastor Bo and I, along with the executive team as we were just talking and praying and trying to discern, God, what is it that you want us to do as HMCC Hong Kong? We really felt strongly that God was calling us as we talked about things of investment, just understanding our calling as we've been kind of doing that for a couple of years, that now as we look into the future, the theme for 2020, 2021 is simply shine. So right now, some of you might be in a room with some people. Will you just turn to them and just say, the theme is shine all right go ahead and turn to somebody and go ahead and say that to them amen let me just go ahead and try to define and explain a little bit about this theme and i'm going to tie it into the passage that we're going to be reading today in matthew chapter 5 and so that's how we're going to launch our whole shine series launch our whole theme for this coming year and hopefully this will be an encouragement to all of you as we look in Matthew chapter 5 and the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, the Cambridge Dictionary defines shine in this way. First of all, it says to send out or reflect light, to point a light in a particular direction. 
The second part of the definition is to make something bright by rubbing it as you shine something. And then the third part of it is to be extremely good at an activity or skill in an obvious way. So this idea of shining in terms of what we do and how we live our lives. And that's what we want to do. This is going to be our focus, that we want God to shine on us so that we can shine to other people. And that's what we're going to be trying to focus in on as we talk about shine upon us and shine through us. I want to read to you what D.L. Moody said. Uh, He said something about shining and he talked about light. And listen to what he writes. He says this, we are told to let our light shine. And if it does, We won't need to tell anybody it does. Lighthouses don't fire cannons to call attention to their shining. They just shine. What a great reminder that if we really understand this theme, that God, and I'll try to explain it just throughout this message, that when God shines upon us, then we actually then could carry this light to wherever it is that we go. And we don't have to do all the extraordinary things, but just simply living our lives with kingdom principles that you and I, we will shine before the people that God has called us to minister to. And through that, God will be glorified. So let me give us the one thing. The one thing is simply this. May God's light shine on us so that we can shine his light on others. This is kind of like a prayer. Lord, may your light shine on us so that we can shine your light on to others. So what I want us to do is just take this time and just get into some uh, huddle groups. Uh, As you know, we like to do this so that we can at least have some interaction. Uh, It's really hard to look at a screen for a very long time. So we want you to be able to talk with one another. Uh, One of the things that we are doing is that we are having the life groups come together. And so if you're not part of a life group, our small group ministry, Uh, There are some people who will be online and you can uh, have some conversations with them, especially if you're new and you're checking us out. But for the rest of us who are plugged into Life Group, your Life Group leaders have probably already set you up for Zoom and then they could break up into even smaller groups. I'm going to give you about six minutes, so that's not a lot of time, so uh, maybe just groups of two or three at the most. And go ahead and talk about these two questions. The first question is this, share one thing that you like or love about Hong Kong because we're going to talk about the city and why that's going to be important. And then the second question is, what do you feel like is the one big issue in Hong Kong that needs to be addressed with the gospel? All right, so those are the two things that I want you to do. Go ahead and get into your breakout rooms and we'll see you back in six minutes. Hopefully you had a good time sharing. I know oftentimes it's not enough time and we'll, we'll try to move along as quickly as we can. Uh, Like I said many times, if some of you have some great discussions or you weren't able to finish some of your thoughts, this will be a great opportunity to actually contact that person and say, hey, let's grab some coffee and talk a little bit more about what we were talking about in our huddle group. So I pray that that will be an encouragement to continue to do at least community in that way. So let me just go ahead and uh, talk about this idea how as God's light shines upon us, that we have to shine it upon other people. And so there are two things that we have to remember in living out this theme of shine 
this year. The first thing that I want to talk about is the impact of the kingdom. The impact of the kingdom. We have to first notice that earlier Jesus called his first disciples and before even ministering to uh, the crowd and people around them, the thing that he did was he announced the kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven is here. And it's important to understand the mindset of the listeners when they heard when Jesus said that the kingdom of God is near. For every Jewish person, ever since they were a young kid, they grew up understanding that the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God was going to come in, in a very physical way. And many times it meant even bringing war to bring victory so that there would be a theocracy here on this earth. Now, what that simply means is that the Jewish people and God with them will rule over and rule in this land. That was their idea. So when they heard that the kingdom of heaven is near, you can imagine how excited they were. And that's why if you think about Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. This is earlier, and we see it says this, From then on, Jesus began to preach, Repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. So with every single Jewish person with this kind of background, knowing what the kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven entailed, the thought that came through their mind is, what must I do? How do I get ready? Am I sure that I'm going to be part of this kingdom of heaven? And what Jesus was trying to teach is this as he came, that this kingdom of heaven is completely different from what these Jewish people thought. In fact, it was a complete different paradigm shift, and it was a complete different lifestyle that he demanded from his followers. And as I was thinking about this, I realized how often we're just like the Jewish people. Think about it this way. How many of you, before you came to Christ, maybe some of you grew up in the church, and before you really decided to make a decision to follow Jesus Christ, we had all these ideas of what it really meant to be a Christian, what it meant to be a Christ follower. And the thing that we have to understand is that Sometimes whatever thought or idea or perception we had, we come to the realization as we live this Christian life, is completely different. We realize that God doesn't tell us that we're not going to go through any hardships or trials. Because a lot of times we think that, oh, once I become a Christian, the life is going to be easier. And it's not. And so that's where we forget the very thing that God was trying to teach, what it meant to follow him. For some of us, when we think about this, we realize that it's, we make it all about ourselves and we realize very quickly as we're trying to live this Christian life that it's hard, but it's really not about us. And so we struggle when we try to live this Christian life because we're making decisions that are all about ourselves rather than about God and His kingdom. So I want to go ahead and read the first 12 verses. And I'm not going to go totally into... Uh, just the whole passage and explain it all in detail. But I want to look at this passage and just because it's very familiar with those of you who have read the book of Matthew. You heard about the Beatitudes before. So let me just go ahead and read it. This is what it says. It says, seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain. And when he sat down, his disciples came to him. 
And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Verse 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So as we've just read this passage, what I want us to see is that this whole section in chapter 5 and chapter 6 and chapter 7, because we're going to cover these three chapters in the next six weeks, that this is called the Sermon on the Mount. And the reason why they call it a Sermon on the Mount is because Jesus is teaching from a mountainside. So it's a sermon that's on a mount or a hill or a mountain. Look at the first two verses. It says, seeing the crowds, he went up the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and taught them. That's why it's called the Sermon on the Mount. Another thing that I want you to notice is that in verse 3 to 12, it refers to the Beatitudes. You've probably heard that phrase before. And that word beatitude, it means blessings. And so the word blessed, you will see oftentimes it repeated maybe nine times here. It is translated as happy or fortunate. So if you reread that passage and replace the word blessed with happy or fortunate, we understand what it is that Jesus is talking about. Now, I need to pause here. And make things very clear because when we think about happiness, it's completely different from what the Bible talks about in terms of happiness. For many of us, it's all about a feeling. For many of us, it's all about when we get everything done for us. And that's when we're happy. But the biblical sense is more similar to the word joy, which is understanding that regardless of the situation... Regardless of the circumstance, there is this inner satisfaction knowing that you are in this relationship with God and you are living in obedience to Him. So that's why when Jesus says, blessed are those who are poor in spirit, those who understand what that means, what He's saying is that there's a deep satisfaction. This is a complete different teaching than what the Jewish people were used to. It's a complete different lifestyle because it talks about blessed are those who are meek, those who are gentle, those who are humble. Because their idea of kingdom of heaven was this warrior who will come and destroy everything that's before and going against the Israelite people. But he says blessed are the meek. And so once again, this whole teaching on blessedness and the blessings that come was different from what the people understood it to be another thing that i want you to understand is that there are nine blessed are you'll see this nine times but particularly the first eight you will notice that they are followed by the word for 
which reveals this if-then logic. So it's kind of like, if this, then this. So it says, blessed are those who are meek. Because if you are meek, you will then inherit the earth. And this idea of receiving from God, those who are poor in spirit. And so it's this if-then logic. So blessed are blank because for they will receive something in terms of a blessing. Now, if you look at each of these beatitudes, you, are, you will notice that it is describing a whole new way of living and it's very paradoxical. Even just look at the last one, that when you're getting persecuted and when you're going through trials and hardships, it says to rejoice. Now, that's a really difficult thing to do unless you have a different mindset. And so he's saying that it is not the type of life that you are normally used to. And this is what the Spirit of God is trying to say to some of us. To be a follower of Christ and to understand that now you are part of this kingdom of God, it entails that you and I, we are living complete different lives from what the world tells us. That's why when we think about success, we have a whole different definition about success. When it talks about serving and our motivation for serving, it's completely different than what the world does. Because a lot of times we serve because we think that we're going to get something back. But the kingdom of God doesn't operate in that way. Our motivation is because God has first loved us. God has first served us. And therefore we are now serving him. So here he is as he talks about this kingdom of God, completely different. It, we have to understand it is rooted in our relationship with Jesus Christ. And you have to understand that it entails a king, this glorious king who demands our lives and for us to surrender ourselves under his kingship and to follow him and to obey him. Look at Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 through 14 in the New Living Translation. It says this, For he has rescued us, and read the yellow section with me, from the kingdom of darkness and transferred, that's a key word, transferred us into, come on, read this, kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation. Listen to what it says and read the yellow section with me it says this he has rescued us completely from the tyrannical rule of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom realm of his beloved son for in the son all our sins are canceled and we have the release of redemption through his very blood the question for us this morning is this how can we not be impacted by the kingdom of God? If you really understand this kingdom theology and Jesus is king and we are his servants, we're citizens of this kingdom, it will impact your life. And you know why? Because it is about the gospel. For us to be in part of the kingdom of darkness, and then now we have been transferred or even translated into 
the kingdom of his beloved son. That's the gospel. That what you and I deserved in our darkness was death. But God in his love for us rescued us by sending his one and only son to come and live the life that you and I could not live. And because of that, now that he died and rose again from the dead, we have been transferred over from this kind of life over to this new life, the kingdom life. That's why I want to challenge some of us who are still struggling with things, whether it's from the old nature or maybe some of us just within the past year or even within this COVID situation. We have started to adopt different idols and different gods, small g gods into our lives. And maybe there are things that are more worth following or chasing after than God. Maybe for some of us, we've been so or just completely filled, saturated with the things of this world that we have no other desire for the things of the kingdom. I'm even challenging some of you with your priorities. The Bible tells us, you'll see this later, he'll teach it to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Because you're part of a new kingdom now. Not from the kingdom of darkness. Now you're part of the kingdom of the light. Kingdom of heaven. But maybe some of us, we've been chasing after the kingdom of darkness. The things that will, are temporary. Things that will fade away. And we don't have to go very far, but you just have to look at your life and you realize it's spinning out of control. Some of you are feeling very empty. Some of you are going through emotional, even anxiety in your life. Because instead of the things of the kingdom, you have switched over back to the things of the kingdom of darkness. Is the kingdom of heaven impacting your life? If we're going to live out this theme of shine, then it is imperative that you and I we experience the gospel message and allow it to impact us deeply. I'm wondering if some of us just need to take some time and just enumerate all the things that now we have because of Jesus Christ. Maybe some of us have forgotten because of our busyness, because of our other pursuits, that there's nothing greater than seeking after God and God alone. I wanted to take a break here and have us break up into our huddle groups one more time. And as we talked about the impact of the kingdom in our lives and what that means for us, especially as we think about shining the light of Christ, the two questions that I want you to cover is simply this. First of all, look at verse 3 to 12, which are the Beatitudes. Why is living for God's kingdom so radical? As you look through some of these Beatitudes that he mentions. The second question quickly is, how does the gospel which is being transferred from the kingdom of darkness to God's kingdom, impacted you. How has it impacted you? And why would it motivate you to live the kingdom lifestyle? So go ahead and talk about these two questions. I'll give you about, let's do seven minutes so you can share a little bit more, and then we'll come back together after seven minutes. Welcome back. And hopefully the time was encouraging for you. I want to go ahead and finish off and talk about the second point as we talked about allowing God's light to shine on us so then we could shine the light to others around us. We have to be impacted 
by the kingdom, the message of the kingdom, and what that means for us. And then the second point that I want to highlight for us is simply that we have to influence for the kingdom. I want to talk about the influence for the kingdom of God. Let's go ahead and read verse 13 through 16 as we close off our time here. It simply says this, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Amen. And so what we notice here as we talk about the influence for the kingdom of God is that our values are really what drives our actions. Let me approach it from a different way. I don't even have to know you and know what your values are, but just watching you and your actions, then I could find out what your values are. Does that make sense? So you need to understand this is that when we talk about the impact of the kingdom of God, it has to influence the way you live your life, the values of the kingdom, the way you make decisions, the way you spend your time, the way you spend your money, the way you interact with people. All these things show us what our values are in light of the kingdom. So therefore, when you think about our actions, here is Jesus. Now he's saying, here are the Beatitudes. Blessed who are pure in heart, for they will see God. And he, he's mentioning all these things that are really a radical way to live your life. And then he uses two metaphors or imagery, if you will, to help explain the influence that will start happening in your life if the kingdom message is impacting you so the first imagery as he talks about this influence is that we are able to influence by being the salt we influence by being the salt now many of you know salt in the biblical time was used as a preservative it was also used for seasoning and when you think about the human heart when you think about all the problems that we see, whether it's in our neighborhoods or here in the city of Hong Kong and just all over the world, you realize the most important thing is that it, a lot of it is because of the rebelliousness, the corruption, and just the sinfulness of a person's heart. And so by us being the salt of the earth, what he's saying is to bring this gospel message to then be able to influence the things around us that are decaying and so that we could bring forth the common good or the flourishing of the city and there's terminology that a lot of people who are working in this field and this area talk about the shalom of God or the prosperity of God and the blessings that come of living under the kingdom of God listen to what it says here in Psalm 14 verse 2 to 3 I'm gonna read it from the ESV it says this the Lord looks down from heaven on the children of man to see if there are any who understand, who seek after God. And read the yellow section with me. It says this. They have 
all turned aside. Together they have become corrupt. There is none who does good, not even one. So once again, you think about this city. You think about your neighborhoods. You think about things at work. You think about everything that's going around you right now and the things in the world with all the strife and all the hatred and everything that's happening. It is because what the Bible says is the depravity of humankind, that we're corrupt. This is the reason why Jesus says if we will just allow the kingdom message to impact you, then the way you live your life and how you live your life, you will be like the salt that will preserve and slow down the decay. It will bring seasoning, if you will. It will bring flavor to this world that has been dulled by sin. That's why in the message translation of verse 13, it says, let me tell you what you are, uh, what you are here. You, uh, you're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. So this is my question to all of us. Are you salty? Not in the bad way, but are you salty in the good way where you bring the God flavors out? I'm wondering how many of us are living our lives in such a way that we are actually bringing God's grace and mercy to the areas of our lives. I'm wondering if your schools or even at your workplace, even in your homes with your families, is the kingdom not only impacting you, but are you now influencing people around you? So not only do we influence by being the salt, he uses the second imagery about we influence by being the light. And I want to focus in on this a little bit as it's part of our theme that we're going to be covering. As you know, the title, Light of the World, that title was what Jesus used to describe himself. John chapter 8, verse 12 in the ESV says this. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. John chapter 9, verse 5 in the NIV says this. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So here's Jesus claiming himself to be the light of the world. But now here in chapter 5 of the book of Matthew, he says, you are the light of the world. And so what he's saying is this, is that we are appropriating something that God is giving to us. A better way to look at it is this, that we ourselves are not the light because he is the light. But we are now reflections of that light. He is the source of light. That's what it means by the capital L. He is the light. But we are the light, the small L of the world because we are reflecting that light in our lives. If you want to look at it, we're just luminaries. We just shine forth. If you want to look at it like a mirror, we allow the light to come and we reflect it back to this dark world. That's why if you look at some of these passages, it talks about how we have to keep in mind that we don't shine the light. But God, who is the light, shines it upon us, and that's where it will be bright in the places that we need to shine the light. Philippians chapter 2, verse 15 in the ESV, listen to what it says. It says, 
that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom, and it says here, come on, say this with me, you shine as light in the world. Listen to some of these other translations to get an understanding of this. It says in the NIV, in which you shine like stars in the universe. The message translation says, provide people with a glimpse of good living and of the living God, carrying the light-giving message into the night. So once again, we are not the light, but we're just shining this light that we have experienced and God is shining upon us. And then the Amplified Version, it says this, among whom you are seen as bright lights, beacons shining out clearly in the world of darkness. So we're just beacons shining this light that God has given us and he has provided for us. And that's why he says, you are the light of the world. And the more you think about this, you realize it's because of what he has done. It's not by you living such a good life that you're, you get this light, but it's what he has done. How do we get this idea? If you look at the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 8, I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. It says, for once you were full of what? Just say that word, darkness. It says you were full of darkness, but now you have light. From whom? The Lord. So live as people of light. So once again, I want to make sure we understand we don't have anything within us to produce the light. It's because Jesus Christ saved us from darkness into his marvelous light. Therefore, as we are now on this side of the kingdom, that he has transferred us from darkness to light, we now have this light that he has shined upon us, illuminated to us, and now we shine it to people around us. Maybe this will help us. When you think about a flashlight, when you think about maybe those of us who have ever driven a car and there's something that's covering the light, it doesn't mean that the light source is weak, if you will. It's because there are things, grime or just other obstructions that, that hinders the light from shining. So the light is bright because of who Jesus Christ is in his purity and just because of his perfection. And now from darkness into his marvelous light we have entered. But this is where sometimes for some of us, we get a lot of stuff in our lives. That even though the light is shining brightly and it should be shining brightly, there are things covering it up. That's why even when we're in a dark place, we're not able to see clearly because we have too many things in our lives. Sin. Rebellion self-protection, insecurity, whatever you want to call it, all these things cover the light. So what do we need? We need repentance to be able to say, God, forgive me for these things in my life and then allow the light to then clearly shine. Jesus furthers the illustration as he talks about this light concept. And we've talked about this in the past where he says, you're like a city on a hill. Because if you've ever seen a city that's high above and the lights are shining you could tell even from outer space 
And so this idea is that all of us, as Christ followers, part of this kingdom, we have this light. And if we would just live our lives, then we will be like the city that will shine brightly the way people can see. Can I just challenge us with this thought? What would it be like if every single person in our church, and not just our church, but all the churches in Hong Kong, we lived our lives in such a radical way that it reflects the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of this world. I'm wondering how brightly we will be shining that when we come together, that this light will open up people's eyes and they will see the beauty of who Jesus Christ is. This is a challenge for us this coming year. As our theme is shine, we have the light. This is part of our identity in this new kingdom. But are we allowing it to shine? Are we coming together as brothers and sisters in Christ? Are we coming together in community? Because one lone candlestick can maybe light up a little space. But you get a lot of people together with that candlestick and it's going to blow up that room. Well, not literally, but you know what I'm talking about. It will light up that room. He also uses the illustration about a lamp. That you light it and you don't hide it under a bushel or some kind of covering. But it says that it will benefit all those who are in the house. Now some of you are probably thinking, man, I, I, you know, I'm still growing. I, I don't know much and I'm trying to live my life but I'm still struggling with sin in my life. But listen to me carefully. No one person can shine the light bright enough that will be able to transform the whole world. Your light might be able to only fill it in a house, it says here, right? You light a lamp, and then you don't put it under a bushel, but then the whole house can benefit. My question to you is this, what is your space? What is your space? Maybe you won't be able to change a whole city by yourself, but you could at least change your apartment at least you could change maybe your workplace just on your floor not your whole company but just on your floor or maybe a couple of the cubicles that are next to you because they watch you how you work how you live your life and I want us to think about it this way not one person but if every Christ follower in our church and in Hong Kong because there are many Lovers of Jesus, and I thank God for that in, in our great city. But if every single person who calls themselves Christ followers, who are taken from the kingdom of darkness now into the kingdom of light, if we would all live our lives, do you know how bright that light will be shining? That's why he uses a city on a hill. He uses a lamp that lights up a room. Light up your space with your life because those are the people that God has called you to light up we must always work for the good and the flourishing of the city that's why in first Peter chapter 4 verse 10 through 11 in the NIV it says each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others faithfully administering God's grace in his various forms if anyone speaks he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If, 
If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides. And read this yellow section with me. And it says this, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. That's what Jesus was teaching. That when you shine your light and you do good works, it says here that people will see that and they will praise your Father in heaven. Peter understood this as well. When you use your gifts and you serve, people are going to praise God, the very God that you serve. We have to influence for the kingdom of God. So here's the one thing once again. May God's light shine on us so that we can shine His light on others. I really want this to be our prayer throughout this coming year in 2000, 2001, as we focus in on this theme of shine, to simply say, God, shine your light. Shine it on me. Set me free from the things that have held me back for so long. Whatever it may be. It could be an area of sin. It could be even doubt. Maybe some of us, there are different fears that we have. Lord, shine that light on those areas so that as you shine on me, then I will be able to then shine that light to others around me. Man, I am looking forward as I think about this coming year and all the great testimonies that I believe that will come forth as we shine our light, the light that God has given to us, that we will be able to go to our workplaces, we'll be able to go to our neighborhoods, we'll go to different places and different parts of the city and to really say, God, may you use me May you use us, our life group. May you use our church. May you use all the churches in Hong Kong so that we may be able to do the things that you have called us to do. We're going to do something a little bit different. And uh, just to kind of give you a little background, I've been uh, interacting with uh, just a lot of different leaders around the world recently. Uh, God has given uh, me and just our church, an opportunity to interact with some global leaders. And one of the things that we're praying about is how do we reach the city that we're in? And so, as you know, Hong Kong has been on the news uh, for several years, if not longer. And everyone knows Hong Kong to be one of those global cities. But as many of the people have been reading the news and watching what's going on here, uh, they've been very curious what's been happening. So we've been sharing some of the different things that are going on in our city. And even though it might seem very bleak, depending on how you look at it, one bright spot is that the churches are coming together, the pastors and the leaders are coming together, we're building trust and we're saying no one church can reach this city. And so we're saying you guys are strong in this and we're strong in this. And so we're coming together and putting our resources together to say God help us to reach the city for your glory. And that's why those of you who might not know, there's a song that's been kind of went off the charts, uh, the song called The Blessing, and some of you have heard it before, but the, the thing that was so powerful was it was during this COVID-19 uh, situation where a lot of people were just at home, they were struggling, they were wondering about the future, and so this song was written um, by Carrie Job. And uh, I believe it's Cody Carnes and Elevation Worship. And 
they came together and they did the song and it just kind of blew up in a positive way. It just went up crazy, it went viral. And then a lot of different leaders took that song and sang it over their city. Uh, and so if you ever go on YouTube, you'll realize that there are, that song, Blessing, uh, they sang that song over many different cities around the world. And it's powerful. I was able to watch at least, I don't know how many it was, but uh, I was watching some of them and I realized how powerful it was because these are all different worship leaders from different churches of that city singing this song worshiping and we want to do that at this time and so I'm just gonna have the band um, play the song and sing it and what I want us to do is can we just all stand together can we just do that I know it might be a little bit uncomfortable but I, I want us to stand together right where you are you might even be in your room uh, but, you know I think it's just good just to be able to kind of receive and just so that you know that this song, the reason why it's powerful is not only it's a good song, but it's scripture based. It comes from the book of Numbers. And it's, it's the, the, the prayer of blessings. It's the uh, ironic prayer, the blessings that came through the priest. And so many of them, when they gave this prayer of benediction or prayer uh, of blessing they will lift up their hands and they will be praying over people and so this is what I want us to do like I said uh, I, I want to give you some next steps but I just feel like after sharing about the impact of the kingdom and the influence of the kingdom we're just going to change things up a little bit and I, I want us to stand as, as you're standing I just want you to stretch out your hands and as if you're prophetically praying and blessing the city think about some of you who are students think about your school those of you who are working have families uh, just reach stretch out your hands and say Lord I'm praying for Hong Kong I'm praying for my family I'm praying for different areas and uh, let's just receive it if you know it you can sing along with us but let's just pray a prayer of blessing over our city as we shine the light of Jesus Christ in our midst. Let's do that together at this time. Amen. What, what a great reminder that apart from God, we can do nothing. It has to be His favor, His blessing upon us. And I pray that we will be able to receive that and to bless the city. Uh, I'm really excited for a lot of things we're going to be doing this coming year. We're going to be reaching just the people of Hong Kong and even beyond that, God's going to open up other doors as we do missions and other things that we're looking ahead towards. Uh, as we just bring a closure here, I want, to, I, want to, I want us to leave our time together with some practical things. And then I'll just pray for us and we'll close out here. The first thing is this. I want us to be able to pray. And I gave a specific time. Uh, I want us to pray at 5.13 all the way to 5.16. Three minutes. That's not a lot of time. But I feel like that's enough time to pray. And so this prayer for 5.13 through 5.16 is that passage in Matthew. Chapter 5, verse 13 through verse 16. And what I want us to pray about is I want to just simply call this the shine prayer. And so... In those three minutes, you can either pick one and spend three minutes praying or maybe a couple 
or maybe the whole thing so this is what i want us to do the first thing is this to pray for spiritual awakening we need spiritual awakening in our church in hong kong and around the world pray for that god is the one who can awaken our hearts god is the one who can transform people's lives so pray for spiritual awakening the the age is for healing we need god to do that healing work uh, in in our city in, in the midst of all the brokenness that we see we're asking god god bring healing spiritually even relationally with everything that's happening because god's healing power can come the third thing is the eye which is issues plaguing our city there are so many issues and this is something that we're going to kind of delve into more probably in our life groups and different contexts but there are so many issues in our city that we cannot just do it all ourselves but we're going to try to find different ways to address that whether we're serving whether we're providing different things whatever it may be and the next thing is we want to pray for our neighborhoods because neighborhoods are made up of people and so if we want to be serious about either planting churches or even doing micro churches as we talked about then we have to pray god bless this neighborhood every neighborhood in hong kong is so different and that's the beauty of living in hong kong some of you are placed in different neighborhoods pray for that and ask god and in each neighborhood there's police there's government officials civil servants so pray for your neighborhood pray for the that precinct whatever it may be so with that in mind praying for that and lastly the e is evangelism let's just pray that there will be many salvations this year many baptisms that will happen because we're saying god give us the boldness help us to share the good news of jesus christ and i pray that all of us will be a part of that that's the first thing so pray at 5 13. i might contact someone like are you 5 12 get ready to pray uh please don't be legalistic we always have legalistic people that somehow gravitate towards certain things if you're in a meeting at work and your boss is looking at you like hold on boss and i'm gonna i'm gonna be away for three minutes all right you don't have to always pray exactly at three minutes uh 5 13. it'll be great if all of us join together at the same time but once again the main important thing is to pray so if you're going to pray at six that's okay but if you can are able to pray at 5 13 i think that'll be great say i need to go to the bathroom and then just cry out to god in that stall all right uh the second thing that i want us to do is to partner with like-minded people there's some people in our church that have they have a burden for certain things that you have a burden for partner up together find ways to be able to serve and to be a light to the city as god shines upon you shine upon those people around us and so a lot of it we're going to try to provide in the future this coming year different portals different opportunities platforms so that you can actually share with one another and realize i'm passionate about that too i want to somehow be able to address that issue as well and so partner with like-minded people we're going to be partnering with other ministries other uh people who are doing some of the things that we feel like god is calling us to do so we're excited about that i'll share that more in the future but we're praying that god will do something great so partner with like-minded people and then the third thing is to provide for the needs of the city and sometimes when we say provide it's not just money provide your time provide your service whatever it is i'm praying that we will be the people to answer prayer 
that we're praying for these things, may we become the answer prayer. So learn how to provide for the needs around the city. Some of you might give your resources. Some of you might give your time. But whatever it is, let's provide for the needs of this city. And the last thing is play a role in reaching the city. We talked about this a lot, but we cannot do this by ourselves. We need all of you to participate. We're going to re-engage the whole transformosphere. Some of you, you've never heard of it, but just a quick site here that you can look at, you can check out. It's www.transformasphere.com. And if you check that out, we haven't updated for a little bit, but we want to try to utilize this to use it as a platform to get other people connected. And so I don't have time to get into all this, but there's different spheres of every society. And we believe that as we link up together with not only people in our church, but even in other ministries, we're going to be able to see the commerce, the business section, the healthcare, the arts and the media, the religious institutions, government and politics and education, and even domestic issues, things related to the home and the families. So we pray that you will somehow get plugged into one of these spheres and get together with like-minded people. Provide for the needs. And as you begin to pray, we're going to see great things happen this year. So I'm excited. I hope you get excited as well. So let me pray for us and we'll close out here. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we do pray for your blessing upon every single one of us. We thank you that we don't have to try to produce the light. You are the light of the world. And as you have pulled us out of darkness into this marvelous light, we ask, Lord, that we will just shine your light brightly. And one of the best ways to shine it is when we learn how to serve, when we learn how to minister to people around us with no strings attached, just doing it because we love you and we love people. And I pray that that will perk up their interest or curiosity to wonder why, what is motivating you to love me? What is motivating you to clean this up? What is motivating you to provide for this particular need? And I pray that we can say it's because of Jesus Christ. And God, may they see the good deeds and they will praise you, our God, our Father. So I thank you so much for this year that's coming up with the theme of shine. I pray that you will shine upon us first and that we will be able to shine your light to others. So we're excited. We're thrilled, Lord, that you give us the privilege to be a part of this, Lord. We can't wait to see this great city of Hong Kong being transformed little by little. Every single campus being transformed little by little. Every single workplace, every single sphere of society being transformed little by little. And by your strength and by your grace. And may we undergird all of this with prayer and dependence on you. So we thank you. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, and amen and amen. Thank you for listening to the Harvest Mission Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit our website at hongkong.hmcc.net.